Today on Cross Defense, artificial intelligence blasphemes the Lord by putting words in his mouth that burden the conscience of trans persons enslaved to the lies of Satan. And Reverend Robert Preuss reminds us that unlike AI, our pastors actually speak God's powerful word to us. Plus guests. That's right, they're coming to Cross Defense, and we want to know who you want them to be. It's all coming up right now on Cross Defense. Welcome to Cross Defense, my friends. This is the show that aims to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul, and aims to do all of that with God's Word. I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church out here in Ferndale, California, where we don't stand for artificial intelligence putting words into Jesus' mouth. <laughs> no, sir. We prefer our pastor to speak God's word to us. If during the show you'd like to send us your comments, your questions, or your bits of biblical brilliance, well then go to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find St. Mark on Instagram and on Facebook if you'd rather connect with us that way. And I am on YouTube where I host all of our Wing Lion videos here in service to the church's evangelism efforts here in Ferndale and throughout Humboldt County. If you have a general comment, my friends, and you want to rate or review this podcast, well, go to the podcast platform that you like to use to listen to Cross Defense and do so there. We'd appreciate a five-star review and any kind of review, uh, typed out written words you want to share. We really appreciate that. We're grateful for any effort that you put into helping us get Cross Defense out to more people. We do want to bring them the defense of Christ's cross, that they would know they have a Savior and not be burdened by the conscience, have their conscience burdened by Satan, I should say, um, who's now apparently using AI. All that's coming up later in the show. Speaking of contacting us, we've been gearing up to have guests on this show. We used to have them in my first tenure here on Cross Defense, and then when we came back on, we've been doing just a, a one-man show for a while here, and we've been gearing up to bring you guests in a very professional way. So we want to know. We want to know what guests you want to have on this show we would like to be able to equip your mind, excite your imagination, and comfort your souls with other pastors in the Missouri Synod and with experts on certain fields that will help us get that job done in our conversation and our growth from them, with them, that kind of a thing. So um, let us know. Consider this a call to action, my friend. Who would you like us to have on Cross Defense? Send us their names. And, uh, you know, we'll take a look at it. Our lead producer, the wonderful Mrs. Jenny Williams, will do everything she can to get them here on the show. Remote guests coming in. And uh, if perhaps uh, we get somebody in like Reverend Dr. Kuntz, who's coming out to the Winged Lion area uh, in October, get him in the studio for a little uh, conversation like that, one-on-one -on -one conversation in studio. We'll also have those situations as well. So, um, for instance... 
Speaking of remote guests, a number of you have written in over the course of the past year about Reverend Christopher Toma. One such email is this recent one from Nathan, who says, Hello, Reverend Bramwell. As a sporadic listener to Cross Defense, I recently realized that Reverend Wolf Miller is no longer the host. Dude, <laughs> Nathan, you're more than a sporadic listener, my friend, because it's been a day or two. <laughs> it's been a day or two since the good Reverend Wolf Miller has been here. But hey, I'm glad you found us. I'm glad you're back to listening to Cross Defense. And I really like that you wrote in already. So thanks. Just wanted to say, you know, sporadic might not be the rest, best word to uh, describe your listenership to the show. Let's fix that, eh, bud? All right. I love listening to him, you said, Pastor Wolfmiller. But you've picked it up well. Well, thank you, Nathan. And I don't know how late to this party I am. Well, I just told you, you're like uh, at least two years late or so, I think. Yeah, two, three, three years, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, I appreciate your direct approach, let's say. My own LCMS congregation has pastors who don't want to get into politics at all, aside from an occasional social justice reference to racial issues. Uh, do you mean in that, I'm taking this to mean in a negative sense, that social justice-y, uh, I'm so sorry. We minister to a university, but I don't see why that should matter. I just listened to the most recent episode about pastors and politics, and I thought it was pretty good, though I had one small quibble. I follow James Lindsay closely, and I suspect you know who that is. I find him an even better resource than Chris Rufo, for instance. I'm excited to finally meet Dr. Lindsay this fall at Reverend Chris Toma's annual conference nearby in Heartland. That's out in Michigan. Titled, The Body of Christ and the Public Square. Are you familiar with him or it? Not only, Nathan, am I familiar with Reverend Toma, but he's also a dear friend of mine. And because he is boldly fighting the same fight that we are here at St. Mark and on Cross Defense, and that every LCMS church should be fighting, even those close to universities, he'll be our first guest and a recurring guest at that here on Cross Defense. He'll be on next week to talk about Michigan House Bill 4474 or something like that, and to bring us up to speed about the, the annual church and the public square conference that you referenced that his church hosts there in Heartland, Michigan. He's got quite the lineup of speakers this year, including, as you said, Dr. James Lindsay. Oh, and, and Nathan, thanks for the kind words, brother. Thank you very much. And no, it shouldn't matter who your church ministers to. In fact, I would say that it's arguable that the closer a church is to a university, to one of those bastions of um, godlessness, then the more direct the minister ought to be because of the indoctrination that is undeniably present in his culture, in and around where he ministers, and rampant there coming out of the college campuses. So uh, the clear, uncompromised word of God, well, <laughs> it cuts through confusion. I am familiar with Dr. Lindsay. I will tell you this, my friend, and for everyone else listening, that Dr. Uh, Lindsay is a great reference, as you mentioned. And the reason I referenced the Ali Beth Stuckey video with Chris Rufo, that interview, was not so much because of Rufo, although everything he said in there is, is good information, but more so because 
he was on Ali Beth Stuckey's show. And it was a timely and an appropriate resource because she has an obvious voice that is um, what that speaks to women, right? receptive to women. And I wanted Lori, the listener who asked about the situation with politics and pastor's language, to hear the critical thoughts coming from the vantage point of a Christian woman that would be perhaps similar to hers. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that insight, and thanks for all your your words and your bits of biblical brilliance. And, hey, maybe I'll even be able to get out there to Heartland, Michigan this year, and I'll bump into you at the the Body of Christ and the Public Square Conference. Sounds like you're going to be there. So, great, good stuff. All right, friends, on to today's topic. Tracy wrote in. Pastor Bramwell, I was watching Allie Beth Stuckey's latest episode involving Dennis Quaid, and after her interview with him was over, she started talking about a Reddit post that's making the rounds, where a trans person asked ChatGPT to write a fake Bible passage affirming trans people. Are you kidding? Are you aware of this? I'd really like to hear what you have to say about it, if possible. I'm afraid that people are going to take this out of context and start saying it's a true Bible verse that was simply removed from the Bible by people who want to suppress LGBT people. And that will lead so many people even further astray because then they will believe that God affirms their delusions and that there's simply a conspiracy, there's simply a conspiracy to hide it from them. Thank you so much for your strong voice and dedication to God and to telling the truth about him and his word and standing firm against the lies of the world. Pastors who, pastors who take their job as shepherds seriously and warn people of the real and present dangers of, to their souls going on in the world, even when it's unpopular and makes people angry, are so needed now more than ever. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you very much for writing in. No, ma'am, I was not aware of this. I had not heard of this this reference, and I didn't see that Ali Beth Stuckey video. I don't watch all of her shows. But thank you so much for sending in that link. So uh, how about we just do this right now? Let's take a listen to that clip so all of us can be caught up to speed with what it is you're talking about, and let's listen right now. This Reddit post on the subreddit r slash trans. This is from someone, I guess, who identifies as transgender themselves. It says, I was feeling sad today, so I asked chat GPT, GPT to write a fake biblical passage about Jesus accepting trans people. Here's what chat GPT came up with. And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him in quiet despair. She asked the Lord, I come to you estranged for my spirit and body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus looked upon her with kindness, replying, my child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my father's creation. Be not afraid for in the kingdom of God, there is no man nor woman as all are one in spirit. The gates of my father's kingdom will open for those who love and are loved for God looks not upon the body, but the heart. Wow. So wow is right. Absolutely. Wow. 
I'm going to include the link that you sent to that show in the show notes for everyone's edification. Miss Stuckey's take on this, I say, is excellent. And so you'll you'll learn something from listening to that. Talk about scratching, itching ears, yeah? The person admits to needing to hear a lie to feel better about his or herself. The person admits that it's not there in the Bible, and so please, chat GPT, write me a fake Bible verse. As Ali Beth points out, we ought to note that this post reveals a recognition amongst tra- among trans people that the Bible doesn't affirm their sinful choices. They, it's admitted right here, at least by one person in the trans community, but I'm sure they all know it deep down in their hearts. It's, it's clear as day. You can read scripture, and they gotta, they got to look for their own experts who want to lead them astray, as also, always happens. So it's, oh, man, this is insane. This, Tracy, my friend, is insane. But also, also, we don't want to let their willingness, the trans people's willingness to be told what they want to hear, slip by too fast. Why? Well, because that's the whole game, isn't it? That's, that's the entire trans movement in a nutshell. It's all built on the affirmation of the lie they want to believe. And they need everyone else to affirm their reality, what they say is their reality, their perception of reality, or even just what they wish their perception of reality would be. They need you and me and all of society to tell them what they want to hear. And if they aren't hearing that on a particular day, well, now they have a ready-made tool to fill in the gaps. When they're feeling sad about their transness, they can just fire up ChatGPT and, uh, and not, even, not even have the computer tell them what they want to hear, but have the computer tell them, what they want to hear from the mouth of Jesus. This is, this is a 1 Timothy 4 situation in my mind. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the, in the latter times, the later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. This poor soul is devoting him, herself, whoever it is, to lies, to the teachings of demons. So, yeah, Tracy, (laughs) your concern, my friend, is extremely valid and on point. This is a dangerous development in the whole AI conversation that the church should be aware of and guard against. People will go, we know this, to all sorts of lengths to convince themselves of what they want to believe. We've been doing this since time immemorial. We want to be told what we want the world to be like. We want affirmation that our sins aren't actually sins. We want people to, we want to surround ourselves with people who will tell us that all they want for us is to be happy 
This is what love has been boiled down to in our modern context, isn't it? All the people in the woke world, the LGBTQ world, all that stuff, all they're, they're, they're parroting, they're, they're, they're throwing at us is this, let them be happy. Love is love. Can't you just love? And what they mean by that is, can't you support the way they want to live? Well, no. Not when the, the way they want to live is sinful and will lead them into hell. Because I love them too much to let them be happy, quote-unquote, in their sin. We want the pleasures of sin. That's the old Adam, our old sinful flesh, which is exactly why the Spirit wages war against the flesh to keep us from doing the things we want to do. People want to affirm their own biases. We want to do that rather than submit ourselves to what Scripture says, rather than submit ourselves to what God's Word says. We don't want to be normed by God's Word, the natural man, the sinful man, the old evil man within us. He fights against that tooth and nail. We most certainly are right to heed the instruction that Paul, St. Paul, gives to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here's verses 12 to 14. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. It's important to know from whom you learned it. The personhood of the person who taught you what you know from Scripture. What is that with ChatGPT? Nothing. No one. From whom did you learn this lie? Well, from uh, artificial intelligence. No, no, no. From whom? I don't know who programmed ChatGPT. Yeah, that's a problem. Christians can say, oh, I learned this from my mom, my dad, my grandparents. I learned this from people all the way back to St. Paul, to Jesus, the apostles, right? I learned it from God through a, a human chain of speakers and hearers and speakers and hearers, some of whom we can name. Not so with ChatGPT. Not so. Let's take a break. Think about this for a second. This is crazy, crazy town. Let's think about this. We'll come right back and we'll continue our conversation about artificial intelligence and the word of God. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense. Many church workers always knew they wanted to serve in Christ's church, but for some, the passion to become a pastor, teacher, deaconess, or other full-time church worker came later in life. Leaving a career to pursue this life of service is not without challenges, yet these are sacred and joyous vocations unlike any other. Set apart to serve, the Church Work Recruitment Initiative of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is here to help. Visit kfuo.org SAS to learn how you can put your experience and skills to work through full-time service in Christ's church. That's kfuo.org SAS. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Cross Defense as we're considering the email that Tracy sent in with that chat GPT AI fake Bible verse in it. Uh, crazy stuff going on there. Tracy, I share your concern 110%. This is something we need to guard against, something we need to be aware of. Guys, did you notice the voice, the tone of this fake verse? You notice how the AI attempted to make it sound biblical. It had a, it had a biblical feel to, to it, didn't it? Well, LGBTQ advocates already believe lies. Lies such as, the New Testament doesn't say anything about homosexuality. <laughs> Remember the February 11th episode? Yeah. Uh, there are countless examples of people who have been duped by Bible ease. All you got to do is think of, think of the, the language used in the Book of Mormon. How you, you throw in enough these and thous and, and some weird uh, you know, subject, object, sentence, grammar type stuff, and all of a sudden it can sound scriptural. Now, up until AI, people depended on those false prophets, like Joseph Smith, for their lies. Well, now a computer will do it for each individual according to each person's personalized desire. What have we gotten ourselves into? Now, we have false prophet pastors doing this in countless churches. We have the ever infamous Sparkle Creed as an example. We have her church down in San Francisco. We have right here in in Ferndale, we have the the pastor who is... uh, preaching Indian uh, paganism and uh, the yin-yang sign and all this kind of stuff. We have these examples over and over and over again. We have uh, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists that are doing this now. We have politicians, of course, who do this. And now we have our own computers. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. Amen. How about the fact that AI, artificial intelligence, is being used to put words in our Lord's mouth. This, this is worse than any of the other nefarious uses for this technology that we've come across yet. Blasphemy, my friends, blasphemy. Jesus said, no, he didn't say any of that. Now, here's a question for all of you. I'm going to kick this back your way. I would like for you to respond with your biblical bits of brilliance, would you? Now, we know from passages such as Deuteronomy 4.2 and uh, 12.32, Revelation 22.18 and 19, and even, even the lesser recalled Proverbs 30, verse 6, that the Lord doesn't accommodate people who add to his word. So when a user of ChatGPT, here's my question, when a user of ChatGPT prompts the AI, to add to Scripture, is the user who is the receiver of this false prophecy also the deliverer of it? Is the passive also the active? Is this trans person guilty of writing, adding to the Bible, writing false Scripture? Is her, I guess it's a her, maybe it's a he, is she, he, guilty in engaging this scriptural addition? Is he or she the only one guilty of such sin? I'd love to hear 
your thoughts on these questions. stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's the email address. Well, that's where you can go to send us an email with the contact form. It's stmarksferndale.com slash contact. And yes, my, my mouth does work from time to time. You might be thinking, well, this is why we need AI, because Pastor Bramwell can't even form words. No, my friends, you don't need AI. I can get her done. Moses had a speech impediment, right? Yeah, so bear with us. It is so much better to have a real human in your life speaking God's word to you. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is nearly always on our minds on this show, it seems. To whom shall I speak and give warning? that they may hear. Behold, their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord is to them an object of scorn. They take no pleasure in it. God's word, Jeremiah 6.10. And how about what we learn from Ezekiel 13, 1-10? The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, Prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination. Mm, Isn't that interesting? The AI is prophesying out of its own imagination, if you want to call it that. I don't know if artificial intelligence has imagination, so to speak, but it is making up what it wants to say. And this is what... Ezekiel said to prophesy, told to prophesy, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the foolish. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. False prophets haven't seen a vision or a dream, haven't heard a word from the Lord. No. Your prophets Israel are like jackals among ruins. You have not gone up to the breaches in the wall to repair it for the people of Israel so that it will stand firm in the battle on the day of the Lord. Their visions are false and their divinations are lies. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say, the Lord declares and expect him to fulfill their words. Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say, the Lord declares, though I have not spoken? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because of your false words and lying visions, I am against you, declares the sovereign Lord. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord because they lead my people astray, saying, Peace, when there is no peace. And because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. Whitewash. 
I've been saying this, my friends, for a while now. Here at St. Mark, I've said it numerous times on Cross Defense, the transgender lie, it's nothing more than the devil's scheme to twist Galatians 3.28. It's just him trying to convince people that they can have this Galatians truth apart from Christ. That's exactly what this AI verse does. But notice the subtlety of the snake's language. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What does the AI blasphemy say? For in the kingdom of God, there is no man nor woman, as all are one in spirit. <laughs> See, it fails. It fails 1 John 4, 1 to 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see what they are, to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world, apparently now even by AI. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Chat GPT, AI, is using the spirit of the world, man's wisdom from the internet, to give the user exactly what the user wants. But we, Christians, with our own scripture in front of us, the Bible in front of us, filled with the Holy Spirit and being submitted to, humble to the word of God, we are greater than the world. Let ChatGPT write all the false scripture it wants. It will not combat the truth. And it will fail the test every single time. To the devil, the devil is in the details, dear saints. And Jesus, in this case, well, he's not. Jesus isn't opening these heretical gates of heaven in this verse, this blasphemous verse. What is? Some generic some Christless love, it seems to deny the bodily resurrection, doesn't it? The, the resurrection in Christ, emphasizing a spiritual existence. This is not a verse that points us to Jesus. Even beyond this, the devil didn't give ChatGPT and, and the user of it the comfort he or she was looking for. Satan's verse is law. It's like every other religion in the world. Strive for something. 
Oh, strive for unity in yourself, trans person. That's the whole reason we need Jesus, isn't it? Because we're already striving. Thanks a lot, AI. Because our old sinful man is at war with us. We can strive all we want. We'll never be blessed with unity in ourselves without Jesus. Jesus is the slayer of our old Adam. He is the one who brings peace to our hearts as he creates in us a new heart, a clean heart, O Lord. This chat GPT verse is nothing more than Satan's dung repeated over again in a new-fashioned way to trap this poor soul who asked it for comfort. The saddest part about all of this is that the Bible has plenty to say regarding Jesus accepting repentant trans people. This person doesn't need AI to make up a Bible verse to give her comfort. The AI demon, it took advantage of this soul, and it fueled her agony, though she doesn't realize it quite yet. The AI demon twisted Galatians to trick this person into staying a slave to sin under the law, to stay away from Jesus, the real Jesus, but to make up for herself a fabricated, idolatrous Jesus that tells her whatever she wants, a Jesus that gives her exactly what she wants, a Jesus that serves her instead of her serving Jesus, a, a God that is fastened in her own image, I should say, to be clear. Instead of herself being baptized and repentant and being, being born again in the image of Christ, redeemed by her Savior. To Galatians actually has the words this person needs to hear to be comforted. And that's, the, that's the devious part of, of Satan's trick here. Go with me to Galatians 2. 16 to 21. That's, that's plenty to give this poor soul hope, comforting Christ Jesus. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down. I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This, this is the kind of word this poor soul needs to hear. That Christ loves her and has died for her 
because she tore down what was hers. She has not lived appropriately under the law. The law has revealed that she is a transgressor. Yes, indeed, a trans person for whom Jesus died. How about Acts 5, 16 to 24? But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, envy, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. There is comfort, dear soul. You poor trans person. There is the comfort you want, you need. There is the true comfort of knowing that there is an existence that is freed from the law, an existence in Christ Jesus. Tracy, thanks for sharing this with us. I truly appreciate it, even though it has some very troubling thoughts to it. It leads us to where we find the true comfort. Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's take a break right there. When we come back, we want to hear from Reverend Robert Preuss about God's word and how we truly receive it. And it's not through AI. <laughs> it's not through AI. We'll be right back. Military veteran, engineer, entrepreneur. These are just some of the former careers held by current LCMS pastors. Careers that they left behind to serve congregations in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. No matter the background, our Lord calls men who have a passion for the word and a love for serving Christ to be pastors. A sacred, joyful, and essential vocation. If you or a friend have been praying and thinking about becoming a pastor, visit weareyourseminaries.org and put your experience and skills to new use in pastoral ministry. Visit weareyourseminaries.org seminaries.org. Okay, and we're back for some good stuff. Good stuff that is 10,000 times better than artificial intelligence. I got to tell you, I'm not impressed with AI. I mean, I know it can do some fancy stuff, but it can't do anything compared to the power of God. Huh? Yeah? Chat, G, chatbot, GPT, chat GPT, whatever that thing's called, it can come up with a replica of God's word. It can come up with something that sounds kind of vaguely like God's word along the lines of the Book of Mormon. And really, to be honest, neither of them really sound that much like God's word when you really start looking at the grammar. You can come up with a knockoff. But what about the real thing? Where do we get the real thing? If we're not getting it from fake AI verses, <laughs> sick world we live in, 
Where are we getting it from? For the remainder of the show, I want to share with you what the late Reverend Robert Preuss wrote in an essay titled, The Power of God's Word. Perhaps the advent of AI will serve as an, an impetus for today's Christians to appreciate the power of God's Word and where they, where they can hear it. And this is my prayer. I hope it's your prayer as well. Reverend Preuss begins his wonderful essay by detailing how the Word of God is given in multiple ways. He says audibly, visibly in uh, the form of dreams and visions and things like this, in written record, right, the writing of Scripture, uh, through God's actions, signs and wonders and these sorts of things, and through his Son, the Word made flesh. His well-cited treatise is summed up in what you've already thought up in your brain, right? I know you're an excellent theologian, and you were already going to Hebrews 1.1, weren't you? Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And if when I started saying long ago, you went into a Star Wars thought, I'm sorry. You should reprimand yourself and never do that again. (laughs) Reverend Preuss writes, In whatever form it may take, the word of God carries with it his truth his power and authority, because his written debar, and that's Hebrew for word, conveys clearly his will for men. God will punish those who disregard the written word, Numbers 15.31, and his judgment descends on people if they have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book, 2 Chronicles 34.21. Thus, there is one word of God, although we may speak of it as taking on different forms according to God's condescension. We have the word of God in the preaching of the evangelists, in baptism, in the sacrament, and in absolution. He means the sacrament of the altar. When Anytime you come across the sacrament like that, it means the sacrament of the altar. Luther says, God can even speak through an ass, if need be. The same word which Jeremiah receives from God, he dictates to his amanuensis, his copyist, Baruch. And these same words, Baruch then writes on a roll and later reads as the words of the Lord in the ears of the people, Jeremiah 36. That which the Apostle John saw and heard, he wrote, 1 John 1, 3 and 4. Paul says he makes known Norizo, the same gospel which he formerly preached, Uangalizamein, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. And he asks that his message be accepted, whether it be written or proclaimed by word of mouth, 2 Thessalonians 2, 15. On the basis of such data, our old theologians, our old Lutheran theologians, are correct in affirming that the Word of God remains the same, even though the outward mode of communication may vary. Quinstat says, The act of writing, just as the act of preaching, is incidental to the Word of God and is only an external accident, mathos, of the Word an auxiliary mode of proclaiming and communicating the word, which does not alter the essence of the divine word. For it is one and the same word of God which the prophets and apostles taught 
as they were by inspiration, preached with the living voice and put down and expressed in letter and writing. Today we find that God does not ordinarily confront us directly as he spoke to the patriarchs, says Reverend Preuss, or in visions or dreams. Nor does he ordinarily communicate by intervening in our history with signs and wonders. Today his word to us is found in the testimony of the apostles and prophets and in his church's preachment, the preaching of the church, which is based on the prophetic and apostolic witness. Here is the locus of God speaking. Okay, so now get this. This is something far too many of us take for granted. And this relates very directly to the the question I asked you earlier about the AI user requesting a made-up Bible verse. Reverend Proy says, but is our preaching, strictly speaking, God's word? Insofar as it is drawn from the clear fountains of Israel, it is just that. (laughs) And we must have certainty in this matter, he says. Just as the apostles' proclamation was a continuation of Christ's preaching, John 17, 8 and 18, yes, was his preaching, emphasis on was his preaching. Our testimony is a continuation of their proclamation. We dare to say with Paul, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, 1 Corinthians 2, 4. We dare to say, we dare to say this because it is his gospel which we preach. We dare with him even to curse anyone who would proclaim another gospel, Galatians 1, 8. And dear listener, isn't that exactly what AI is doing now? We believe, as Luther says, God has placed his word in our mouth to preach so that he teaches and preaches through us. And we're nothing more than his mouth and tongue. <laughs> Let me cite another passage from Luther to indicate the assurance we ought to have that we preach and teach God's word. On the last day, God will say to me, this is great, I love this. I love it when when Luther tells stories, when he, he cites sort of a narrative, and that's what he's doing here. On the last day, God will say to me, have you preached that? And I will answer, yes, exactly, that, that thing, that's what I preached. Then God will turn to you, you listeners, and say, have you also heard this? Is this the thing you heard? And you will answer, yes. Then he will say further, why then didn't you believe it when you heard it? And you will say, oh, I I regarded it merely as the word of a man since a poor chaplain or town pastor spoke it. Thus shall the same word which sticks to your heart accuse you and be your judge on the last day. For it is God's word. Is it God himself 
whom you have heard. As Christ says, he that heareth you heareth me. Luke 10, 16, right? I have sufficiently done my office, Luther says, for the tribunal and presence of God. For I have exposed your sins and offenses and reprimanded you for them. And I am pure of your blood. Now see how you stand. Oh, 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 man, that is some law, isn't it? Nathan, maybe your pastors would like to reflect on that. (laughs) As you said, they don't really want to engage in these things. We can speak sternly. We can speak truthfully God's law for the sake of our listeners. We can tell people who are wayward, who have been, who've been indoctrinated into a false gospel, be it from AI or, Tracy, the, the expansion of that AI and people, like you said, your fear is so true. People who are going to believe this is actually a Bible verse. They're probably going to say that you know the Roman Catholic Church in the year 575 suppressed it and it's been locked up in the Vatican all these. No, no, yeah. No, we can speak truthfully and directly to this stuff. Words like that really cut through the anti-clericalism that's alive and well today, don't they? Because that's what it is. People don't want to listen to pastors because pastors are authority figures over them. Why Hebrews says to, to obey your leaders. I think that's found in Hebrews, isn't it? To obey them. It's not good for them to have to do their work begrudgingly and grumbling. It's not good for your own souls. So listen to them. They're proclaiming God's word to you. Anti-clericalism is alive and well. And this kind of word, this language of Luther, it brings us to repentance. It brings all who scoff at the word that their pastor teaches, who get angry at their pastor when he, when he rightly points out their sin. Their, their pastor tries to correct them and reprove their, their waywardness, which is part of the ministry. It's not all just gospel. It's not all just rainbows and butterflies in the sky. To get the gospel, we also need to be cut open by the law because the gospel is what heals. The law cuts us open like a scalpel so that the great physician can stitch us up. We live in a culture, climate, a day and age where even faithful Christians, they hear the law applied to their heart. It's good if it's applied to someone else's, but applied to their heart, and they want to take their ball and go home. The Reverend Preuss, (laughs) he isn't quite done yet. He says, such supreme confidence of Luther, we too share when we recall that there is only one word of God which is God's message to man in whatever form it takes. What is the significance of all of this, he asks. Our preaching and teaching, applied as it is to our own day, although it departs markedly from the so-called materia, the, the very words of Scripture, conforms nevertheless to the content of the divine word. This fact should be of great comfort to us, he says. What we proclaim is nothing less than the word of God, just as Paul and the other apostles quoted loosely from the Old Testament, but retained 
the sense of it, just as Paul could articulate the same doctrine of justification in a score of divergent formulations, you and I today proclaim the divine word in various languages and new applications and to people of diverse backgrounds, and yet it is the same word of God. This, dear saints, is exactly why we long to keep the third commandment, isn't it? As we read in the small catechism, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Our pastors, they, they give you their anecdotal stories and they tell you their little comedical jokes to keep you interested in the sermon. But all of that, even though they're quoting or paraphrasing loosely the, the word of God, the message it may, even though their words may differ from the material of Scripture, the quote, if they're still on point, conveying to you the sense of the text, giving to you the right word of God, rightly divided, law and gospel, it's still God's word. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Do that, AI. Do that. Another question for you, my friends. You can go to stmarksferndale.com slash contact to answer this. Have you been listening to your pastor's, pastor's sermons as the very word of God? Do you give it that kind of credence in your life? Maybe you don't want to answer that one. But how about this one? You can order up fake Bible verses with ChatGPT to make you feel a false sense of security, or you can dismiss your pastor's faithful proclamation of God's word as just his mere opinion. Which one's worse? Do not both hearken a need to repent? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. There is not a matter of which one's worse. They're both sins. And thankfully... The repentant heart is a forgiven heart, isn't it? Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, died for the AI blasphemer as well as the sermon ignorer. He died for you, Christian. <laughs> yes, he did. He died so that you could be baptized into his death and into his resurrection. And he loves you so much that he didn't, no, he didn't invent supercomputers with access to an internet of wealth, of documents and things like this, but he actually sent out apostles, real life, breathing, blood, human apostles, real people, and pastors after them to preach his word, both his law and his gospel for your good. Praise be to Jesus. Why? Why talk to chat, chatbot GPT when you can talk to and hear from actual human beings whom Jesus himself sent to you to give you his word? Now, we're out of time. So along these lines, remember, dear saint, as we part ways for this week, Remember, we're, we've been gearing up to have guests on this show, and our first one will be next week. Reverend Christopher, Christopher Toma of Heartland, Michigan, will be on the show to discuss Michigan House Bill 4474, which is reported to be a piece of legislation that criminalizes causing someone to feel threatened by words. Even God's word, huh? 
This is hate crime stuff. We'll ask him all about that and if it will have any impact on his vocabulary as a preacher in Michigan. He's also preparing for the Church in the Public Square Conference, is the Body of Christ in the Public Square Conference. We'll ask him about that and see how uh, he's gearing up for that come October, which as we heard from Nathan, we'll have Dr. James Lindsay in the lineup, as well as I hear Tim Ballard of Sound of Freedom fame and Riley Gaines as well as Seth Dillon and Molly Hemingway. So tune in for next week's show, and you'll hear all about that. And in the meantime, let us know who you'd like to have on Cross Defense in the future. Who could we learn from as we engage in equipping, exciting, and comforting all with God's Word? Go to stmarksferndale.com slash contact for that, S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. And uh, thanks for tuning into the show for all your emails. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Christ be with you and yours. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at kfuo.org.